You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. Only pay for what you need when you download the Transit app in Ride Coda. Plan, track, and pay for rides right from your smartphone. Unlike daily and monthly paper passes, fares never expire because unused funds roll over to the next month. Never pay more than $4.50 a day or $62 a month, no matter how many times you ride. Digitize your dollars and save when you download the Transit app. Learn more at coda.com forward slash transit app. I'm Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. We're bringing you the most complete and hilarious Yanks chat you'll find anywhere. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast, courtesy of Fansite. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. And we got a big one for you today. The Yankees took their winning ways to Boston this weekend. Winning streak finally snapped on Sunday afternoon in kind of a stinker, which we will talk about and address. But two out of three ain't bad. Uh, That's how you do it when you're facing an undermanned Red Sox team trying to be very annoying at the end of the season with some dudes who probably maybe won't be on their roster next year fighting for nothing and dominating us. Uh, But, yeah, two wins uh, more than uh, is enough to keep the Yankees afloat in that second-place race. And they clinched a playoff berth this weekend. We will discuss, we're going to go Red Sox suckage, first of all, and J.D. Martinez's ridiculous backslide. We're going to talk Aroldis Chapman's suspension and whether or not he should have just accepted the thing. We're going to talk Davey Garcia versus J-Hap. And then we're probably going to address Gary Sanchez, who is now sort of beasting. Um, Everybody, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts, Google Podcasts, if that's your thing seeing those numbers rise. We can always use five-star reviews and subscribers. Make sure to seek us out, and we will keep pushing our content in front of your face so that you can't miss us. Thomas, uh, we're in a good place. We're still in a good place. Great place. Can't win them all. If we learn that any year, it's this year. But 9 of 10 from the Sox. What did you say was the last time they beat us before yesterday? Yesterday, unfortunately, you know, we we did lose yesterday's game. But we hadn't lost to the Boston Red Sox since September 6th, 2019. That's over a full year of victories against the Boston Red Sox, which is never a bad thing. Jesus. Uh, Awesome thing. Uh, And, you know, the Red Sox – I'm glad that they showed some sort of life because the 12th win uh, in a row against them over the last 12 meetings on Saturday tied the Yankees franchise record. 
We were 9-0 and against them this season at that point. If we got the 13th win against the Sox yesterday and went 10-0 and against them this season, I mean, that, that takes the, the ineptitude to new heights for the Red Sox this year. So I'm happy for them that they showed a semblance of life. They managed to produce some runs and uh, get to us early so they didn't really have to sweat it out. But it's good to see because, you know, this team should be doing a lot more than they are this year. This is this is one of the most disgraceful rosters and performances we've seen from any MLB team. They were the first team to 30 losses. They still look lifeless despite, you know, having a competent roster. Um, and, you know, I'm looking at this team and I'm just thinking to myself, why don't – we know the Mookie Betts trade was just as dumb as it could possibly be, but, like, if you really want to retool and save money, like why is Jackie Bradley Jr. not traded at peak value? You know, why don't you find a suitor for Nathan Eovaldi instead of unloading Price's contract? Why don't you, you know, more aggressively shop Christian Vasquez to try and get some more value? Just going back to how bad this team dealt with this. And it's showing because they could have just kept Mookie and made a, no, a number of tertiary moves that would have put them in similar, not, not similar financial standing, you know, because the Mookie's contract would have obviously been what 370 something million dollars. But, you know, you could have shaved costs elsewhere, just paid Mookie, which was what you were supposed to do, what anybody with a brain would have done, and nothing really would have changed. And it, it, it's just crazy that I'm sitting here and nobody um, who doesn't know anything about the intricacies of front offices or baseball. And we already know, I, I could tell you three moves they should have done instead of traded Mookie, but you know, that's whatever. This is what it is. And the Red Sox are sad. And I'm glad that we did what we could against them this year. It would have been nice to capture that franchise uh, record 13th win. But like I said, thank God they showed some sort of, any sign of life because that would have been really bad for them. I mean, this is the worst Red Sox team since the dawn of man, since man discovered fire in a cave. Like this is so much worse than the 2012 team, which I went back and checked out the 2012 roster just because I had this memory of like this roster. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your cat. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get food. Walk away from food. Move to couch. See human. Give cold shoulder. Take a nap. Meow till I get your food. Your pet has a food. very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Move to couch. Aggressively clean myself. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get coverage get for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. Like... It was like the 2020 team, like we're nine and one against them. And this roster is so much better than that 2012 failure of a team. And then I checked out the old roster and like that roster was also pretty good. It, it, the rotation was Beckett, Lester, Buckles, Dice K. Like there were names in the rotation. Poppy was healthy for the vast majority of that season and hit like 315. Pedroia had a great year. Cody Ross hit 20 bombs. Mike Avilas had a good year. Like, the 2012 Red Sox, the Bobby Valentine team that everyone remembers as the biggest disaster in franchise history, actually did have more names in more places than this team. This this pitching rotation is, you know, something out of a horror movie. Like, just as bad as the 2019 Orioles. Like, so you start looking at things and you're like, you can't go, you can't go 10-0 against the Red Sox in a season. Or you, come on. 
It's never going to happen. In the same way that you couldn't go like, I don't know, 16 and two or, or 17 and two against the Orioles last year. But it starts to become possible when you look at pitcher by pitcher and these guys with 17 and a half ERAs taking the mound like three out of five days. And it's like, oh, you, you really can beat these people uh, nine out of 10 times without getting that lucky. I would say the Yankees only really lucked out in one of these games, the Friday night game where they wriggled out of a ton of jams. Uh, in extra innings repeatedly because there's an automatic man on second base. And if you don't score that automatic man, you're in a ton of trouble. Um, so, you know, naturally, you've got at least one guaranteed run in every half inning. So it, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't surprising that game lasted forever. Only the Yankees and Red Sox could see Rob Manfred's rules for shortening games in 2020 and go, yeah, we're still going to play a five-hour game, though. But good luck. It starts at 7.30 p.m. on Friday. And it goes five hours. So uh, thanks for playing, but we're still going to do that. Um, but very, you know, they, they squeaked out of that game by the skin of their teeth, partially because with the bases loaded and one out and a tie game in the bottom of the 10th inning, J.D. Martinez came to the plate and just got breezed through with easy cheese directly down the middle of the plate. You can throw fastballs by J.D. Martinez now uh, pretty routinely. Um and it makes you wonder why he's fallen so flat on his face. It can't just be the video room access, right? Because the video room, I don't think, I don't think there's a guy in the video room who's going to be like, wait, JD, uh, hit fastballs. It's actually really easy. And then he's like, oh, thanks, video room guy. I, I think I will hit fastballs. Like, so something is going on here, but that is now, for some, within two years, JD Martinez is gone from the, the best hitter in the American League, arguably, to the biggest albatross contract in the American League, because he's not opting out, and he's staying for this rebuild that could really use his money off the book. Yeah, and that, that's another thing, too. They could have traded J.D. Martinez at peak value, and you know now that the NL had gotten the DH this year, they could have, you know, fit, you knew it was coming. You knew the DH was coming at some point. We heard rumblings about it in 2021. That was another move the Red Sox could have made that wouldn't have altered their identity. Look, I get that. Trading Mookie really took the life out of this team. And for J.D. to not be performing to, uh, to his usual standards is understandable. However, adding 205 with a 373 slugging percentage, he was the best hitter. He was the best hitter when it came to fastballs in, the, in all of baseball, um, I believe, from 2017 to 2019. And across those three years, he had 134 home runs and 339 RBIs. Now we're talking about he loses his precious video room and he's completely incompetent. We also looked at a piece from the Boston Globe, uh, Alex, Alex Spire. Um, he mentioned that uh, there was a mechanical issue that was affecting his ability to catch up on fastballs. I don't know how you're really undergoing a mechanical issue after three career seasons that were by and away, you're, you're by far and away, your, your best ones wasn't even close. Um, and it just, it just pisses me off because this is classic Boston shit where they're, when they're winning, you don't hear the end of it. And it's like, dude, everything that you've ever done sucks. What we're doing right now is the greatest thing ever. It's historic, you know, look at us. And then when they're losing and when everybody's underperforming, it's, oh, yeah, you know, we were planning to do this. You know, we were it, it, baseball. Who gives a shit about baseball, dude? It's like, you know, find something better to do. And then when J.D. Martinez is slashing 205 with a 
or hitting 205 with a 660 OPS. It's like, all right, let's find out six fucking excuses to figure out why this guy is bad. And it's like, no, there is no reason to why he's bad. There is the, the shortened season is adversely affecting everybody, you know, to a degree to what, to see this type of downfall. I just imagine what would happen. We already know what would happen in the New York media. If this was Stanton or judge Stanton gets injured and he's getting crucified. The guy, the guy want, you think the guy wants to get injured. You think, you think he doesn't want to stay healthy. He, he can't stay on the field, uh, you know, over the course of the last, you know, year and a half. And he's getting ripped in the media. He's getting ripped by fans, whatever. JD Martinez can't hit a fastball by, you know, and the pitching. And that's the other thing, the pitching this year, as we learned, had a lot more catching up to do than the hitting. The starters were not built up, ready to go. People were not throwing as hard as they were typically accustomed to because of um, the nature of the uh, start, go, uh, start, stop, go. Um, and it's just crazy how this is, this is how Boston operates. It's when we're, when, when they're losing and when they're performing terribly, it, it doesn't matter. It's hey, you know, whatever. And then when they're winning, it's you, you don't hear the end of it to any degree. And now they're just going to focus their energy on shitting on us if we don't make it to or win the World Series. And then that will be their crowning achievement this year. It won't be the fact that they were the worst team in Major League Baseball, um, bar none, despite having one of the, a very talented roster. It'll be, oh, you guys suck. We won a World Series a couple of years ago. You still haven't won one, two, won one since 2009. And, and this is what we have to deal with. So this is why I'm, I, 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 we need – we need to win the World Series in one of the next two years because the Red Sox need to understand that that they're disgraceful. Yeah, Boston's a Teflon city, and I don't know when it happened. And maybe it happened because they internalized like Red Sox pain for 80 years. But now it is either like we're the best, we win, we win the World Series, you guys are lame, or uh, you know it doesn't matter to us. You know we never intended to compete this year, and we've done so much in the past. Like you want to talk about 27 rings. How quickly did they go, you know, one ring in 2018? Like, hey, we already won that. It's, it's actually okay. They've done enough for me. They've done enough for you. No, they haven't. And, and, like, even when they, you know, when they lose, when they lose, suddenly it was all part of the grand plan. When the Patriots lose a heartbreaker because Cam Newton gets stuffed at the one-yard line, it's like, actually, that was a win for the Patriots because Cam looked good. Okay. Like, it, it's not always a win. Sometimes it's a loss. If it shows up in, this, in the final box score as your team lost, it's a loss. It's okay to be upset by a loss. You don't need to justify it. Uh, and the Red Sox lost two more times this weekend. And once again, they lost to the Yankees for a full calendar year. So any Red Sox fan, you know, it, it, the Red Sox fans are, are, have been lying through their teeth for a long time now. They lost a five-hour extra inning game to the Yankees on Friday night after multiple innings of bases loaded, one-out situations. Devastating loss. And any Red Sox fan who, through gritted teeth, told you that they were excited to lose that for the tank was outright lying to you. They were not excited. It was a painful experience for them. And just put that in your pocket and take it away for the winter if you're a Yankee fan. Uh, the Yankees and Red Sox don't face each other until June next year. So it's going to be a while. Um, I, I have a sneaking suspicion MLB did this because they're worried there won't be fans in the stands for at least the start of the season. Um, mm. If you look at the schedule, it's weird that the Yankees and Red Sox don't play in April and May. And the Yankees-Astros matchup is pretty deep into the season, too. I think they're trying to make – do what they can to put a full 162-game schedule out and theoretically have fans in the stands for the important rivalry matchups. Um, so you can run that up the flagpole and ask MLB if I'm right or if I'm wrong. 
but that's my thought process. So it's going to be a while before we see the Red Sox again. And it was literally over a year between losses. uh, And that's pretty great. Um, But we did see one loss at Fenway this weekend, unfortunately. Uh, You know, in the grand scheme of things, did it matter? Not particularly. But in terms of the minutia of the day-to-day experience of watching a team have to prepare for the playoffs and have to install a Game 3 starter in the wild card round in all likelihood, unless Garrett Cole and Masahiro Tanaka buzzsaw the first two games. David Garcia, for the first time in his big league career, did not look good on Sunday. Um, Relied mostly on fastballs, which is, you know, he usually does pitch off his fastball and he's been very aggressive at the edges of the zone with that fastball. Um, But he missed with it a bunch on Sunday. Look, it happens. Not going to impugn Garcia's whole career or his hot start because of this rough one. Uh, But he wasn't throwing the curveball too much. And when he was, it was usually a cement mixer to Michael Chavis, who hit two home runs off bad breaking pitches. This does come on the heels of Jay Happ throwing another eight shutout innings on Saturday in an effortless victory for the Yanks. Uh, And Happ's ERA is down to 3-2-5 on the season. Uh, So we'd be remiss if we didn't at least entertain the idea. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call C-Bus C-Town, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice cold Pepsi right here in C-Bus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi. And say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. That Hap should be the third starter in the postseason instead of Garcia. Uh, what say you? I mean, it's, it's getting tight. Of course it's tight. This was something that we talked about last week that we wrote about. And you had to judge these guys based on their last two, three starts to see, you know, to diagnose who would be the do or die. It, it's a do or die game in, in, in a hypothetical, you know, um, game three of the wild card and you have to really think what would you do and this is about preference do you want a rookie starting that game you know we saw an inexperienced Luis Severino start the wild card game against the Minnesota Twins and he got shelled and destroyed and got the early hook thankfully uh with Didi Didi brought us back from the dead in that one um but is that something you want to deal with early I guess the way you can look at it is you start whoever you want and then you have Davey slash Hap slash Jordan Montgomery coming out of the bullpen if somebody needs the early hook. Um, It's also a future. um, This has future implications too. Do you want to put a young guy like Davey Garcia who has limited experience at AAA in that kind of position? I mean, he clearly can handle the sauce. He's showed that he can dominate major league hitting despite having – not many starts, if anything, above double A under his belt. Uh, it's been incredible to see. But, you know, starting a do or die postseason game is a completely different animal. And, you know, you're not going to be facing the Orioles or the Red Sox or, you know, the Blue Jays in that series. Uh, the Blue Jays, yes, are a good team, but um, they're also very inexperienced. So them on the postseason stage could perhaps be a little bit different. Um, you know, if you're facing the Twins or uh, who else would you potentially face? I haven't even looked at the damn thing. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of confusing. Like, we could we – could, there's a week left and we're in the postseason. We could do any number of things. We could host the Twins in the Bronx. We could go mm-hmm. to Minnesota. Going to Minnesota seems like the most likely outcome. But yeah. we could also – you know, there, there's an Astros possibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
if we are yeah. able to print up a little bit, like, or we could be the seven seed and go to Oakland or Tampa. Like, I, I yeah. think that's the difference. Like, if they're home against the Twins, I think you mm-hmm. probably start the rookie and get half up as su- at the first sign of trouble. You can't go down more than two nothing in these wild card, mm-hmm. you know, winner take all games. Um, but it, you know, if they're on the road in Oakland and they need a stabilizer, I think you probably do have to go with somebody like Hap, even without opposing fans in the stands. It, the, yeah, I, I don't so know too. if you feel the same way. The vibe hasn't been that much different to me. Road, like road oh. ballparks with no fans, the audio is doing a good job of replicating it. Obviously, the stress level it's probably minimized by like thirty percent. But to a, to an at home viewer, I haven't noticed it as starkly, and and it kind of does feel like there is added pressure on the road. Yeah, but the, the playoffs are always different. People, I, I mean, we know the playoffs are different in Yankee Stadium. How many games have we been to? Everybody's standing for every damn pitch. Everybody's screaming like you barely leave your seat unless you're, you know, getting more beers. Like you are, you're dialed into every second of the game. So um, I think that will, you know, it, it will be a, a alleviated pressure um, when the postseason rolls around because no fans for, you know, say the Astros is going to be pretty big if, if you know, if, if we have to face them on the road. Yeah, because you can hear the, the Twins is going to be <laughs> – um, and, you know, no fans for the Twins would be big because it, 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 you know that everybody is locked in for that entire nine-inning – that nine-inning game. There are no breaks for any of those people. But um, the other thing here that we have to realize is Hap isn't having his first inning woes that, you know, characterized his 2019 season, which was, you know, everyone's favorite joke on Twitter. Um, and if he's not enduring those problems where he's getting shelled early in the game, I think that, you know, Aaron Boone might have to lean this way going with Hap because if that's not a problem, then he doesn't have to really worry about the early hook. And then, you know, you're not talking about rolling out three starters or trying to, you know, figure out what's going on and, establish a new identity that early in the game after you know rolling with something else I don't know um I'm pretty undecided here I think the next two starts will kind of be uh will will tell a larger story but I'm kind of leaning I'm undecided I'm leaning towards Hap just because Davey is still so underdeveloped I love what I see but to throw him in that kind of a situation even with no fans is is going to take a mental toll and you don't want to see the guy falter because that could just have lasting implications that you don't want. This guy is a future cornerstone of the rotation. We want that to go smoothly. And like we said, worst case scenario, he comes in in the second or third and he'll have less pressure on him. And that could, that could do wonders, but yeah, I, I, I think it's up in the air. We, we still have a, we still have a week and a half left. So let's, let's judge it by that. Yeah. I was going to say, this is the analysis you pay for. Um, it really does come down to the next start for both people. Like I, I can't make a value. I, I honestly can't make a value judgment. Now I would, I would lean happen this moment too. If it feels like a pressure, like you, you can judge, you know, how much pressure it feels like there is when the time comes. But Hap has been remarkably consistent this year. I never thought I would flip-flop. But literally, if Hap throws up a stinker in Toronto and then Garcia dominates the Marlins in the last week of the season, I'm going to flip again. So there's no point. Yep. That's how close it is. Um, and it's exciting to know that both neither men would be that much of a disappointment. Like, I, I would – no matter how much you – know, no matter how it shakes out over the next week, one of them is going to have taken the bull by the horns and is going to be someone that we feel relatively confident in. And you know what? Take the first two. Just Colin Tanaka wants you to win your games. And, that'd be and, great. That'd be great. That'd be um, it is worth talking about, though. Davey was caught on Sunday by Gary Sanchez. 
yet again. You know, it wasn't throwing his curveball. sort of strange. Um, not sure whose call that was. Maybe Davey just wasn't feeling it in the pen. Maybe he had a little seam burn. Uh, but Sanchez is going to start these playoff games. It, it's If it weren't guaranteed like a week and a half ago, it is now because he's actually kind of stinging the ball, uh, as exemplified by his game-tying two-out ninth-inning laser home run on Friday night. Just an emblematic strike of this Yankee season, down 4 nothing in the seventh. Uh, we almost took a comeback for granted because it was the Red Sox trying to give the game away theoretically. And the Yankees' death lineup, even down 4 nothing in the seventh, we were all kind of like, you know what, I don't think this is done. And it was absolutely not done. Uh, L. Gary is hitting 100-mile-an-hour-plus liners with semi-regularity now and working walks, displaying a better eye at the plate. And he doesn't look 100% like the Gary Sanchez we've seen in his peak all-star form. But he certainly looks, you know, leaps and bounds better than he's looked at any point this season. Uh, and it's about a week's worth of sample size now, which in a 60-game season is, is growing larger in representative fashion. Um, odds are still high that Kyle Higashioka starts game one of the postseason. And Gary, uh, you know, probably doesn't DH because Stanton probably does. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you're going to see Gary in games two and three. And I don't think that's a debate anymore. I think he's reached out and grabbed it for himself. And depending on the results of Monday night's game, they might even experiment and try to start Gary with Cole. I wouldn't, but they might. I wouldn't either, but you know, we have, we have time to, I guess, test things out. Um, nonetheless, the Gary Sanchez resurgence bandwagon has a little bit of a window guys. So, uh, enjoy your trash talking on Twitter, even though we want Gary to be good too, but we're just going to live in reality and know that for, you know, much of the last two and a half seasons, he has not been good. Um, we'll take this little window though, uh, before yesterday, um, what was, yeah, yesterday he went 0 for 3. Uh, before yesterday, in six games, 27 plate appearance, appearances, he was batting 292 uh, with a 1.162 OPS, three bombs, six runs scored, nine RBIs, and only five strikeouts. I know five strikeouts in six games seems like a lot, but Gary had struck out 42 times in the first 38 – I'm sorry, 48 times in the first 32 games this year. So when you look at that kind of decrease, that means he's taking a little bit of a different approach at the very least and working counts, seeing the ball a little bit better. One can hope. Um, two of those home runs came in garbage time. Yep, we can analyze it all we want. Yankees were up 12-3 and 9-3 in those games against the Blue Jays when he went yard. But that 4-3 home run with the Yankees down to their last out against the Red Sox in the ninth inning on, uh, on Friday night was, was exactly what you need to break out of a slump and, you know, find, um, find your, your former self. People thought that he was going to make the comeback, I guess, after that grand slam against the Mets. But I st who was the guy pitching to him? We still don't even know. That, that guy probably isn't even on the Mets anymore. And it was a tie game, and he was pinch hitting. There was really no pressure. It was just, you know, Gary, see what you can do. Figure it out. He got the job done. We loved it, but he also did not follow that moment up with anything that was convincing or, you know, showing uh, some sort of inclination that he'd be breaking out of the slump. Um, now we have a very small sample size of six games where it seems like that could be the case. He is rocking. Uh, like you said, he's hitting balls very well. He's making good contact. Um, in fact, over that span, he's kind of gotten robbed. He's been cranking balls right at the outfielder. Nothing you can do about that, but it's good to see that kind of contact instead of him swinging at a slider 14 feet off the plate that's bouncing in the, 
in the, the left-handed uh, hitter's batter's box. Um, so if he comes back, man, this will be dangerous. This will be – this Yankees lineup will be impossible to pitch to. I think we all know that. I think every opposing fan knows that, um, which is why every opposing fan enjoys watching Gary Sanchez fail because if he's hitting, you know, 34 home runs in 106 games – like he did uh, in 2019, then, you know, this is – you you theoretically have no free out in this lineup. Um, and like we said, if this continues to come around as we approach the postseason, Yankees were are going to be cranking the ball every which way. And I know they rely too much on the home run, but if everybody's hitting – if everybody's managing to put, string together hits and, and hit for power, then it, it won't matter because they're going to be tearing the cover off the ball. I love the death lineup so much. I, I don't know who I have to pray to to make sure that it gets maintained for another week so that we see it when the wild card games uh, start up. But but Frazier in the nine hole is so awesome. And Gary, when Gary's hitting in like the seven or eight hole, I mean, that that's just, it's ridiculous. And, and obviously every playoff team has some outs that are easier than others. But Sanchez is tearing the cover off the ball, like 100, 105, 110 mile an hour hard hit liners. Sometimes you look at a Gary home run and the expected batting average, or I mean, it's not a metric that you can pray to, but sometimes it'll be like expected batting average 430. And it's like, all right, that's, so that's a fly out in many ballparks. You know, it's a home run some places, others it wasn't. The, the game tying home run Gary hit over the monster at Fenway was expected batting average of 960. It doesn't get better than that. It's like, that might be the most solid powerful ridiculous smack that anyone has hit all year you know just a a hard hit insane liner and a 960 xba so good for gary good for the whole roster uh it feels like we're in the place we need to be uh whether it be the twins or another opponent and also customary warning the twins are going to beat the yankees someday in the postseason it will happen so get ready for it at some point and if it doesn't happen this year great we love the yankees but if it does just know that just because they're the twins does not mean that the Yankees are going to have their way with them. But whoever we face next week, uh, it feels like everybody's ready, except potentially Aroldis Chapman, who may get suspended for three games in the final week of the season. You don't know. He, he has filed an appeal. Here's where things stand. He's filed an appeal on his three-game suspension for throwing at Michael Brasso. Uh, it may trip into 2021, according to Aaron Boone, when his appeal could be heard a second time, question mark. I don't really know why the appeals process is so confusing. It's a Zoom call in the middle of a pandemic. It seems like it would be pretty easy to sort out. Honestly, feels like they could have had a decision day of first appeal, but what do I know? Um, so it could bleed into next season. Uh, it could theoretically come down this week at the worst possible time because, as we all know, arrested Aroldis Chapman is the worst kind of Aroldis Chapman, and a three-day break after getting the weekend off in Boston is not what you want. Um, he could have been a nice guy and taken the karmic punishment after Friday night's game when he threw 30 pitches in his second consecutive outing. His fastball was touching 96-97, but mostly living at 94-95. Clearly fatigued, didn't get the good sweat going. That's how you know Chapman's weird. Didn't have the lather, nothing dripping. So it, he looked pretty not great in managing to work his way out of you know, his second consecutive stressful day's work, he, he came in to clean up Jonathan Holder's mess on Thursday, too. So that was two days in a row. He wasn't going to pitch Saturday. Uh, probably wanted to stay away from him on Sunday, too, honestly, after what we saw. Uh, so that would have been two days off regardless of whether he was suspended or not. He, he didn't pitch either of those games. It, it didn't happen. 
So if he had just accepted the suspension on Friday night, he would have missed Saturday's game, which he didn't pitch in, Sunday's game, which he didn't pitch in, and then tonight, uh, Monday's game in Buffalo. Uh, and it would have been it. We never would have had to hear about this again. Now we don't know when the suspension's coming, even if it's not this week, even if it's next year. You're going to lose Chapman for three games at a random midpoint next year with, with no planning. Um, I'm really not sure why they didn't just try to control the controllables and sit him out for a few games when he was fatigued already and wouldn't have pitched. Uh, now it's still sort of hanging over our heads, and I don't really get it. I'm not sure either. Uh, I guess if their plan was to delay it to 2021, I'm not completely upset by that. Either way, you look at it like this. If he needs rest, sure, he should have just taken the suspension this weekend. If they're trying to prove a point and he doesn't want to take the suspension, then he's just not going to take it. If we lose him now. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. You know, obviously losing him for the last few games of the season would be detrimental because the Marlins are not going to be a cakewalk and we're going to need all those wins. We're going to need people closing out games. But at the end of the day, if Chapman just took it this weekend or, you know, back when it was it was levied, we have the bullpen to 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 – to carry the load while he's out. Zach Britton can close games, no issue. If it happens in 2021, I'm not worried about that. It's three games, then we'll just have, you know, Britton close again. Um, oh, no, Brit Britton could opt out of his deal, can he? He's not going to do that. I don't think um, he, I, I don't yeah. think anybody's going to opt out. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm too optimistic, but I feel like the opt-out wave is not going to happen this year because I just don't know who wants to enter free agency right now. Yeah, risk that. But, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, a blackout postseason run by one of these guys could convince them otherwise. Uh, whatever. Um, I'm not exactly worried about it. I, I, I do uh, believe a little bit in the, in the karma aspect of it. Probably should have just taken it. Uh, we did argue for Chapman that he shouldn't have been suspended um because it was a random you know up and in pitch we saw the Rays going up and in on the Yankee how many six up and in pitches on DJ LeMahieu this year before that one um and then they're going to suspend Chapman on the first up and in pitch that he throws to a Rays hitter the way he walked to the catcher after he did that was kind of indicative that it kind of was intentional I don't know I'm not gonna speculate any further than that but it's a three-game suspension. Just take it. You have, to, you have to think you're off one of those days, so it doesn't matter. So you're really only missing two games. And if you had a heavy, if you have, if you had a heavy week that week, you're probably only going to pitch one of those games. So then you're going to miss one game. Um, I don't really care. I would have ra rather have this get out of the way because I don't want to hear any crap about it. And I don't want it, you know, like you said, coming down at a stupid time like the middle of this week or the end of this week. Um, that will not – there is no possible chance he gets suspended for the postseason, right? That's I, I don't think, yeah, that, that just doesn't carry over. So as long as that's not a factor, I don't care. Uh, for karmic purposes, I probably wish they would have just gotten this out of the way. Like you said, no idea why this is taking so long. Um, I don't know what the arbiters are doing. Maybe they're on vacation. Maybe they got furloughed by Major League Baseball. I don't know. Uh, as long, I'd rather this end sooner than later, but if he gets, if he gets the – three-game ban in 2021, I don't really care. 
It's like 12 Angry Men. It's like everybody in the room needs to be unanimous. And one of the guys in the room is Michael Brusso's brother. And he's just like, <laughs> now hear me out. My brother is in trouble. And they're like, dude, just come, give it up, dude. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I mean, Eric Kratz went up and in on J.D. Martinez yesterday throwing knuckleballs. I don't know why. Maybe he should get a three-game suspension, too. It still doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But, uh, yeah, time marches on. Uh, hopefully we have a role this Chapman fully ready and we can deploy a full arsenal next week when the postseason rolls around. I just want everybody to be ready. That's it. Um, this, this week is about winning. This week is about beating the Blue Jays in Buffalo and prepping uh, for the inevitable now that we have officially clinched. Thanks to the San Diego Padres beating the Mariners, our magic number is zero. We are in the dance. And in a year like 2020, that is all that matters. That's it for this episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. We'll be back on Wednesday and Friday with more analysis, getting ready for the postseason. And by the Friday episode, we will be in the final series of the year. How weird is that? So incredibly weird. Until then, please find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you do listen to your podcasts. Read us and the podcast is within all the articles that you enjoy on yanksgoyard.com too. So give it a click on the embedded player. We love it. We love you no matter where you listen to us. Uh, until then, until we're back, I'm Adam Weinrib, and you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes on Twitter. We're also running the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Hit us up. There's going to be a lot of talking points this week, especially because, as we talked about last week, Yankees have a little bit of an issue with lining up this rotation, uh, starting rotation for the postseason. So this is it. This is, this is where we're going to see the alterations, if there are any. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of complaints or a lot of vitriol towards Boone, regardless of what he does, even if it ends up working out. So we're here for the conversation, guys. Yeah, maybe a couple mini starts this week. Get, get Colin's knocker right. We're going to have some weird stuff. Uh, we're going to see some weird things. Uh, so cross your fingers and hope for the best. It's about to get strange. Until next time, we'll see you, everybody. Yep, see you on Wednesday. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.